0: Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to another issue of Krakoa Radio. It is me, your favorite host from Table Night. Also, make sure you follow us on Twitter at HelloKRKRadio. And I am here on a lovely day here in New York, and it's fabulous. And I am great. I'm here with my fellow co-host, Black Word.
1: Yes, I'm better than most people, and that's not my fault here at Table Dusk. Um, stunting you, hoes, beautifully, effortlessly. It's, it's, it's. Honestly, I see why you're mad. Thank you for being that way.
2: Also, my fellow co-host, our peacemaker, the Wing God What's up? Your region is here, sipping on some wine. He a little on, but we have a good show. <laughs> and also the, um, the man of the hour, the. <laughs>
0: Mega level top himself, Doctor Shelton.
3: You had to moan when you say that, so keep it cute. Um, representing <laughs> here, Table Dawn. Um, you know what we're on over here. You had to do the um, the obligatory Lil Wayne um, introduction noises. You know what that <laughs> means.
0: You now, so today we are reviewing Devil's Reign X Men number one. 10 Lives of Wolverine, number one, and The Death of Doctor Strange, featuring the X-Men and Black Knight, number one. And uh, Doctor Showtime,
3: you up first. All right, so I am covering Devil's Reign X-Men, AKA a secret Emma Frost solo run. All right, or mini series, because it's only three issues. So we open up with uh, Kingpin, naked as fuck in a shower, clearly having whoops a whole bunch of niggas' asses because he's bloody and the only person alive in the shower. Um, One of his assistants comes to him and brings him uh, a folder with some information in it uh, that kind of goes over um, two people who are uh, needing to be dealt with um, as part of his organization. And so he is sending um, basically his devil and angel to take care of these two people. The devil happens to be Electra um she's the one that goes and kills uh the people that need to be taken care of for kingpin and then when things need to be handled a little bit more delicate delicately he has emma frost go and uh address those things so she has uh so as we see in the the issue um we see an example of electra going to kill somebody and then emma frost going Uh, to do her telepathic thing uh, to take care of people uh, without having to kill them. Um, Electra kills somebody but is caught by a Black girl that is across the street and catches her leaving out of the apartment uh, through the fire escape. Um, Electra lets her live. Then we pan over to the treehouse where uh, the government is trying uh, to, or I'm sorry, Kingpin's New York government is trying to shut down Uh, the the, uh, treehouse that the X-Men have set up in New York. He sends, of all fucking people, um, Johnny Walker, the U.S. agent, um, who is a deputized member of the Thunderbolts, to go tell the X-Men to get the fuck up out of New York. Um, In the process of doing that, um, Dr. Octopus uh, invades the Baxter building um, and then... uh, Emma Frost goes to the UN to set up a counter um, for the Kingpin's uh, uh, politics game, and she uh, us- utilizes uh, Leland as the ambassador to the UN for Krakoa to set up a um, sort of injunction uh, to, to have the treehouse declared uh, basically an embassy of Krakoa. So then it becomes uh, protected property and it cannot be um, demolished or then be asked to leave. Um, U.S. agent uh, throws uh, his bullshit-ass, fake-ass Captain America shield um, at, I guess, the gate. I don't know what the fuck he was trying to fight, Um, but Polaris um, is sitting in the tree, very comfortably laying uh, comfortably on a branch, drinking her coffee as per usual, uh, and uh, throwing uh, his uh, shield off into the distance. Uh, We pick back up with um, the X-Men inside of the treehouse, deciding that uh, they need to uh, go out and address, but not necessarily attack uh, the squadron of folks that came with U.S. Agent. Uh, We finally get to see Jean Grey in another fucking costume other than that goddamn fucking dress. Thankfully, she's wearing... large portions of her Hellfire Gala uh, outfit. It doesn't have the floating things around her head and some of the other pieces to the costume. Um, but she does have that costume on. Um in this moment we see Cyclops is inside, uh dressed in his normal costume. Um, but in order to leave out, because I guess um we haven't seen this just yet, uh, but he has been declared dead to the public. So he is Captain Krakoa in public. So he uh, uh, dons his Captain Krakoa uh, costume to go outside and meet um, with U.S. agent. Uh, when they leave out, they come into contact with Electro, Rhino, Taskmaster, and I don't remember which one of these symbiotes this is, but it's one of the Life, uh, the Life Foundation symbiotes, the purple uh, lady one. I don't remember which one that is. Um, and they uh, look like they're about to attack. Uh, But they decide against doing that uh, because of the optics of what that would look like. Taskmaster rolls up to um, Wolverine and tells her that he's fought the real Wolverine before, but has no idea who she is, which is funny, given that he's fought her before. But okay. Um, Then in the midst of that, uh, Emma Frost shows up and shows up with the paperwork saying, um, this is now a protected embassy, leave us the fuck alone. Um, and uh, Kingpin uh, gets a folder, we pan back over to Kingpin in the governor's, I'm sorry, in the mayor's mansion, um, getting a folder with a, um, uh, a dossier on the uh, black girl who happened to see Electra kill um, the guy that, was, uh, that Kingpin sent her to kill uh, earlier um, and were to imply that he now has plans to utilize her uh, to blackmail. Um, the mutants in some sort of way, and that is the wrap up of the Secret Emma Frost uh, solo series, uh, Devil Devil's Reign X Men number one. Uh, rude comments.
0: I didn't know this is uh, going to be an ongoing thing.
3: It's uh, a three issue miniseries.
0: I didn't know that. How and does it the feel purple to be one on the
2: is Frost. agony, right? You said what now? The purple symbiote is agony, right? I think that I think you're correct, but I'm I'm confused on that because didn't agony in that like that life foundation comic that they had like didn't she turn into something called silence? Or, no, that was scream. I'm sorry, wrong that person. was scream. Sorry, yeah, it was scream. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wrong person. Okay,
1: it must feel so powerful being a bad bitch like Emma Frost. That's all I really know. Like this situation, like to look at Elektra across the hall and go. You know, that's the girl to call for cleanup. I'm the girl to call for fix it up. And, you know, I feel like in between these women, you have a really good, like, I don't think need one more person, just one more, but I feel like Electra and Emma Frost are the makeups of a good three-person Thunderbolts team.
3: I'm just, I just want to see how they're going to utilize Electra as daredevil. As part of the the ongoing story, because they just showed Electra as Electra by herself, like uh, with no code name, nothing, just Electra. Um, but now that she is um, the Daredevil, I'm I'm interested to see how that's going to look moving forward. How she would play into because I'm sure both her and Emma don't work for King Kingpin no more. Um, so I, I'm interested to see how that's going to play into the politics of. Uh, how the two of them used to work for kingpin
0: and and Alexa um, did kill that little black girl right no she didn't so what's this so what is this i are confused about because like there's a thing at the end where there is a cold case murder of a young woman here in, in new york city and the black girl's face is there but is she is Electra she, is she there her. oh she's there as a witness
3: mm-hmm.
2: oh oh
3: wow Okay, because okay. Electra murdered the neighbor across, I guess, the alley or street from her, and she mm-hmm. saw Electra leaving. So that means that she can implicate Electra as the person who murdered him.
2: Um, got it. Okay, got it. Got it. Got it. Uh I,
0: I, I will say that I loved it. I, um I do appreciate Phil Noto's work. Um artwork is like pleasing to my eye. That's the first thing I go for. Um, I do love this this backstory that you know Emma has a, a much deeper past beyond the Hellfire uh, Club. Um, this uh, I will say also, friend, I agree with you. Jean Grey and something else other than that hideous outfit is exciting for me. Mm-hmm. Um, Emma Frost um, and Jean Grey corresponding telepathically, you know, you know, they sister wives, so that was really lovely and pleasant. Um, Wolverine like Taskmaster, I wish you, I wish you would, bitch, but you better not. Um and you know Polaris up in the tree like you know up there like you know like 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 this is motherfucking Narnia and she motherfucking puck up in the tree like bitch you know Mister Tumnus I'm up here chilling dog what's going on what's tea mm-hmm. um this was good this is this is this is really good I feel sorry for Softlock having to be uh, Captain Kirkko I just feel sorry
1: yeah it's so whack yeah. of them
0: it is really whack it's fucked up they have they have to play uh, but- their
2: game. I would hate yeah, to, I would hate know, to have to wear the Yeah, I would hate to have to wear the attire. Like I would be okay if I didn't have flowers coming out of my helmet.
3: Or whatever. His, his costume just isn't cute. It's not. I, I feel think like it also... would be a great costume for for John Proudstar to be wearing. Cause it goes with his power
1: set. But I think that's also the thing about me is I, something about him not using his power anymore, like his his laser eyes, I'm like, his optic glass are like his thing, right? And mm-hmm. seeing without it, I feel like they're going to need to do more in terms of bringing to light, like how awkward it has to be to not be using your gift when you're representing mutant kind, right? Right. Yep, I
0: have a question. He I has to use Cohen
1: um, tech right mm-hmm.
3: for abilities I have, I have a question though
0: so mm-hmm. like i'm i'm going to assume that like humanity because x, the x men now are a premier team like the avengers and fantastic four that within mm-hmm. this fandom of course like on x fanatics that people are aware of their abilities right so mm-hmm. i'm assessing that if sync ever uses cyclops's abil- ability in a battle that he throw, he gives away that cyclops is alive
2: mm.
0: That would make
3: sense. Not necessarily. Because they don't necessarily, they wouldn't necessarily know the um, limitations of Sink's powers. It could just be he can copy whoever's power and they don't know that he's got a limit to who's near him.
0: But it's also oh, the other on the other side who, who I would think that, I would think it would give him away. I, but I think I, I think it would be both sides it would be like, well, we don't know what Sink's real abilities. It'll be one of them social media conferences like, we don't know what Sink's real abilities are. He may really have laser beams.
1: But then some of that guy guy's like no, he copied it from rogue because rogue yeah. can hold store powers for a long period of time. You never yeah, know. Somebody... it could be a mutant circuit.
2: <laughs> but it could if you get be. somebody go ahead, I'm sorry. Come oh, ahead. I was gonna say, but if you get somebody that's like that can put two and two together, or you got somebody that's maybe like observing the X-Men's movements or whatever, right? If Sync kind of like decided that he needed to use Cyclops' abilities for, like, no other reason. It would kind of give it away. And it's somebody who's either observing them or can put two and two together can kind of, like, oh, so there's nobody else on this team that has optic blasts like that. So you know, pop Right, like, you, know like, you,
0: know like, you know how, like, Twitter niggas be investigating shit and they be, like, all digging through the shit and then they find all this shit mm-hmm. out? Like, I think that, yeah. like, like I, I agree with you, Showtime that no one knows, like, his limitations or whatever case may be. No one really mm-hmm. knows that. But if they know what Sink's powers are, and they're like, why is he shooting Blast? Where is Cyclops? And then you got this new character, K- Captain Krakoa, and then somebody's, like, looking in the background of photos. photo, he's like, I don't see anybody else in the vicinity that he can copy powers from. How is he doing this? That I think that would be one thing that I think they need to consider. They haven't considered it yet. But, you know, this is Marvel. They're not great. great they haven't great details like
3: Hickman but is you one are right.
0: Though. Doing. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You you are right. Showtime. I agree with mm-hmm. you completely. But I know that there's that one bitch who like yes. it may be a, they may be they may be a Cyclops fan or hate Cyclops, and they're just like, it is like hmm.
3: it's going to hmm. be the niggas from Orcus. That's going right. to be who pays attention.
0: Right. It's a cover up. It's a cover up. It's it's the Illuminati.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's a cover up. So like I, I I'm really wondering how that's going to play. But I I don't think that like it's a detail that like. If it happens or not happens, it's fine. But I think if it's a detail they use to forward the story into like the mystery of Cyclops' death, I think that'd be really interesting.
2: Mm-hmm. Really interesting.
0: So do we want to proceed to Ten Lives of Wolverine?
1: Mm-hmm. Believe me, you have no other choice but to. Um it's in a contract.
3: <laughs> so <laughs> on, I know damn contract. Where my contract right. at? Hmm?
0: We we mm-hmm. know, we in the three we in the three sixty deal with Apple Podcasts.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh shit.
0: <laughs> so yours truly is doing uh, Ten Lives of Wolverine. And I would like to preface by saying that thank God this is not technically a Wolverine story. This is just Wolverine being the uh, the victim of a of a series of events. Technically. Yeah, it's not technically a Wolverine story. So, for those who avoided this, because I was really avoiding this because I don't like Wolverine like that, I was like, oh, I'm not read this. It's a Wolverine story. Be irritated, but it's not a Wolverine story. All right, so let's get into this. So it starts off with Wolverine standing on the Sunset Cliffs in Krakoa, having this like existential conflict with, with with himself about time and how it's perceived and not perceived. And then before he you know it, behind him steps. Um, Professor X telling him that it is time. Um, in the opening preview of the book, you know, a like little like, you know, footnotes and stuff is going on. Basically, for what we can see, there are four mutants involved in the story. One of them are, one of them is blacked out. They're not saying anything. And then when you go to the farther left of the panel, there are uh, uh, five uh, what, don't tell me, hexagons. One with Wolverine, the other five people not involved, not being told who they are. And then the next one is four hexagons. And they're not revealed either. So I'm, there are a bunch of meetings involved in this story or people involved in the story, so I'm really curious to see where this is going. Um but as we continue, um, we are looking at a woman who is about to give birth. This man is really upset and straight frustrated, but it revealed that the woman's name is Mrs. Xavier. So we don't know who this woman is. We could assume that is Professor X's mother, but you know, I don't think any, I don't think I've ever really seen her before, so I'm not really sure. And because the X-Men always playing with time, it could be anything. Um, so then we see a man standing outside, and he's drinking brandy, and someone throws some gardening shears at his ass. What I'm going to find out is, um, I, well, sorry, I skipped. Somebody throws some garden shears at his ass to kill him, but then Wolverine jumps in and saves him. So, like, you know, Wolverine's here, what the hell is going on, everybody's more confused. But then some man, the man that threw at it was someone who has Omega Red's ability and an Omega symbol on his, on his forehead, and apparently... He's trying to kill this person. They're going back and forth. They're fighting. And clearly, you know, he tells the man, I'm trying to keep your family alive. Please run. I got this. So then we cut back to the hatchery and Omega Ray intercepts into the hatchery and chokes lamb's egg, drags egg to some containment room. And he uses him to get access to the room. And then they're looking at this information. Omega Ray's looks at this information about himself. Involving his carbonadium synthesizer, and we cut to a data page of a conversation from from the five and, and X Force about about um about uh, Omega Dreads um resurrection protocols and doing some editing, and so that he wouldn't require the carbonadium synthesizer, which was kind of like dead a lot of his um his violent behavior. But Beast is like pretty much. Your job is, is, as I quote, your job is to cook what we order. You have received your order, now cook. I don't know who the fuck Beast thinks he's talking to, but bitch, I will just walk my ass over to X-Force and we would have had a little conversation. Mm-hmm. Because bitch, I'm not the one. Fuck her, okay? So this is also, um, one thing I will say before we go any further, that is also a Beast story too, because Beast is also in the midst of this being, doing his Beast shit. But anyhow, I digress. So Mrs. Xavier is, we're back to Mrs. Xavier. She gives birth to the first baby and the baby is a stillborn and the baby is named Cassandra, I believe. So we have a, a little bit more of a backup story to Cassandra Nova. Then Wolverine and Omega Red are still outside fighting. But the thing that Omega Red's essence is inside of this gardener named Mr. Bowers. And as they're fighting, um, the guy returns back to his regular gardener self and then we realized that wh- whatever Omega Red is, is hopping from body to body. So now he's inside the butler's body trying to kill Mr. Xavier and then Mr. Xavier has no choice but to kill his own butler, which is also really fucked up. But now the midwife who's in there with, with the baby who was named Cassandra um, and now she's turned into Omega Red and trying to like kill the wife. And then because and then they're going back and forth, shooting and shooting and shooting, and killing and shit. And then Wolverine jumps in and then tries to break it up and then we cut back to one of the um, locations of where those um, cere- cerebral helmets are being held and Wolverine is put on the table with the cerebral helmet put on. It's giving very much Days of Future Past mm. when they had um, Shadowcat send Wolverine back into the past and pretty much I think this is what this is. But I think as a result, and I'm kind of I, I'm kind of jumping the story, but what I'm assuming what's was happening, I think we can probably gather from this point, is that because Omega Ray found out that they had been playing with his resurrection and that they could have really resolved him of all this um, carbonating foolishness, that now he has beef with Xavier, so he's, he's trying to go back in time and kill Xavier. So I think the premises of this this thing is all the ten lives and the ten deaths that Wolverine will experience through this whole situation. Um, so we come back to Wolverine fighting the uh, midwife with the mega red presence inside of her and now she's giving, now Miss Xavier is giving birth to Charles Xavier and he ends up killing the midwife. You know, he's up like slamming her against the wall and, and tries not to kill her, but then Miss Xavier walks us up walks up with the gun and like, look, you need to get a fuck up by my house. I ain't for any of this shit. You need to get on. I don't like the shit around my baby. I'm, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a strong mother. This is wearing me out. And so now we cut to Moscow, Russia, and you know there's some army people outside and then omega red walks through a kokoa gate um he they try to have a conversation with him you know omega red is like ruthless he's like girl am i am not trying to hear that i got some business need to take care of and we cut to omega red having a conversation with Macau Rescue, who at the time has like some square situations going on his hand like he's folding reality like wanda maximoff does which is you know, you start folding squares and shit in geometric patterns, bitch, you're dangerous. You can't come in my house <laughs> if you start folding squares and shit in my house. There's a problem. Any kind of geometric pattern, I know you fail fuck fair fucking reality, I, you can't come in my house. Um, I don't like you people. You reality vendors can't come in my house. Um, so then we switched to Sages Log, which another you know, data page. Um, they're talking about macau Rasputin and the uh, Cerebral Sword and understanding that, like, Mikhail is behind the scenes doing shit in Russia. So we get back to, I guess now we know that this is the past, and Wolverine is, is face-to-face with Mr. Xavier. She shoots him, then um, she drops the baby, and but luckily the baby's okay, everything's fine, but a Mega Red is still trying to, like, you know, kill Wolverine and kill the baby Xavier, but he fails, and Wolverine is holding little Charles, and then he has an episode, and now he is with Weapon X, with Sabretooth and Maverick, and they're in this other battle, and now Jean is telepathically communicating to him in the past. I guess in his own body. I think what's happening is like the same thing like Days of Future Past. They are they are temporarily, psychically displacing Wolverine into his own bodies, so he can experience the things he needs to experience to stop the death of Charles Xavier. But I'm really curious because this is the ten lives and the ten deaths. A Wolverine so what did the death look like but this is a week to week arc unlike that damn Trial of Joseph shit Marvel got it right we're doing a week to week things so we get through these 10 books to get it done but it ends with with, with Jim Gray telling him that the target is 25 uh, miles south south, south south by southwest of here and you have to save him because the clock is ticking um, thoughts concerns and accusations
1: alright so I think the whole Cassandra Nova thing um, I appreciate that we're getting more about the backstory, but I'm a little weirded out because I don't know what that means for like, the overall mythos of uh, what the, what's that big gibberish name they made up for them? Isn't like Asandai or? Uh, Mama, Dry. Mama Dry. Mama Dry, yeah, the Mama Dry. Because I figured, I thought it was like a psychic battle. Um, and that, like, I didn't know she was born, like, physically stillborn. I thought that the whole mythos for it was it's a conceptual battle that all people go through in the womb. Um, to decide right. who will be born, the good self or the bad self. And typically, in this situation, uh, Charles Xavier's psychic will won over Cassandra's. And that's why there was also that plot and like I think it was the Uncanny X-Men or one of the X-Men series where, where Puck was actually a member of the team and Storm did one of her first roundabouts where she came back to the X-Men and she was like, oh, me and T'Challa are having issues, so I decided to come out here and help my fellow X-Men out and shit. And she ended up killing, being one, of the, one of the only people capable of killing her own mumma dry. And it's supposed to be a big deal. It's like a statement of like, oh, only the greatest and most noteworthy warriors are capable of doing that, because to kill one's mumma dry as a living person is tantamount to killing your own self and your own potential. So I wasn't sure what that meant for the situation at hand, but I'm feeling like this is going to be like the retcon we're going to be dealing with when we read the... Um, the new marauders Marauders. yeah so i'm excited to see you know cassandra nova has always been the best villain i feel like in the entire series um she was beating gene great's ass in x-men red so you know we'll see we'll see but overall i didn't really feel that much about this issue it was just a lot of wolverine bullshit to me outside of the, the bits of cattiness with the beast and like the uh five i didn't really feel it um but I feel like we're just going to get like weeks of this. So I hope the story sets itself soon and in an era of Wolverine I actually find good.
3: I just wish Wolverine wasn't invited to any of this whatsoever, but I also understand that like what it looks like the story is that they're trying to tell is, in fact, uh, a modified Days of Future Past. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so you sort of have to use Wolverine to do that. I just hate it, but... I feel like the story is going to not be awful. So I'm going to continue to read it.
1: I mean, yeah. look at Beast. It's the consequences of your goddamn actions. <laughs> oh, Once Beast, Beast would have got popped in his fucking mouth.
2: I, uh, for you to sit there and talk about some, oh, get your ass in the kitchen and make my burger. Who are you talking to? Right, who the fuck?
3: We, we so would have like, had to roll up into a- the Crucible and you were getting put to the back of the goddamn resurrection line, bitch. Yeah, you tried
0: it. You better I ever die. Because Proteus... Up, he
2: pulled up. <laughs> he, pulled t- he had four up. out
1: of the five of the five fucked up. And the only one he had, like, you know, to the T was Ball. Because Goldball got his ass beat, honestly. It was pretty sad to see, baby.
0: <laughs> go, Goldball's egg is not a fighter, so, like, I understand why he got why he got handled like that
1: but me and Beastie have a little conversation. Hey his mom named him egg his name was gold balls no, is egg absolutely,
3: Ma- it is but I absolutely love the name gold balls only because the name egg sounds stupid and
0: gold it's balls
2: so doesn't gold egg egg balls better.
3: tells you what it what what he does and it's like it's quirky. Egg just seems like okay. So that's what you do. You just make eggs. Go oh, prefer-
1: Yeah, I was thinking like, His name Goose or something. I would prefer Goose over Egg because it's a it's a double entendre. See, he's like he's laying golden egg. He's the goose. He's the goose that laid the golden egg. Get it? It's it's more quirky and more like a a good name than just saying this is literally what I make eggs. Yeah,
2: I mean- because gold. Gold Balls sounds like you have divine sperm. See, Gold Balls to me sounds like a yes. bisexual
0: dark-skinned brussel top podcaster to me.
3: Yes. Yes. And also, um, Gold Balls <laughs> is the only member... We're going to let that one slide. Uh, is the only <laughs> member of the five that you can't just replace with somebody else because
2: there's nobody else who does what he does. Not at all. It's that's
0: a that's why Omega red, Omega red slammed him gently. <laughs>
1: He was very, because you know, that's like the most generous Omega Red's ever been. He usually like massacres and design. He was like, I'm gonna knock you around a little bit. You'll feel a little funny afterwards. But am I gonna kill you, baby? No, no, I'm not.
3: (laughs) Because then who's gonna how are we gonna resurrect anybody? Right. Omega
0: Red shook him like a British nanny and was like, all right, now give me this information I need.
1: He said close palm, he said open palm, not closed fist.
0: <laughs> right. Right. Can't beat that.
1: No, very generous. Very generous of him. That fight scene went on way too long though. Yeah. But I
0: I like where this is going, but I'm glad it's not Wolverine focused. But it's just like yeah. he's just, he's just a plot device. He's not really the story itself. Yeah. But I but I need them to stop trying to make Wolverine happen because we have a patch book coming in the future too. For what? I don't know. I don't know. I'll be getting those like X Men. I'll be getting those uh, when I go to the comic book store first. And I'm thinking about those like preview packets of the books coming. We have a patch book coming, and I don't know why. And it's a series. I don't. And I don't know why. And I, and I, and I don't want to read it. So I, feel like, I feel like I'm going like to miss something if we don't read it.
1: You know, earlier when I said that I want a team of three to make the Thunderbolts, but I, I don't know who the other one would be, I feel like, you know, the most preferable Wolverine, Laura, would be a good addition to that kind of team, you know? Elektra, Emma, Laura.
0: But I am glad that the world knows that Laura's the only Wolverine that exists, not the other Wolverine. So I'm guessing the other Wolverine comes out. I was like, well, who are you?
1: Like you're old. You can't dress.
0: Right. You can't be Wolverine. Wolverine is a girl.
3: And I'm also tired in the real life of um, people fan casting niggas who are six foot and taller to play Oh, my um, God. You
2: know Wolverine is 5'3". Three. Three. Right.
1: I think it's just only their five, fetish. Five. You know, It makes them wet. You know, people don't like to admit that short people can be cute, too. You know, And I'm here to say the opposite. You're all the same height in bed, right? So it really shouldn't matter. Short people are fine. You know, McKay on Euphoria, <laughs> get at me. But <laughs> overall, you know, Wolverine got Statue of Storm. It can work. Let someone short do it. I'm, that's what I'm saying. Being short is not technically a naysay to being a superhero. You know, I feel like Tom, who plays Peter Parker right now, I feel like he's short, isn't he? Yeah, he's short. He's like 5'5", five, 5'6". Five, five, uh,
3: I don't remember how tall he is specifically, but he is shorter than Zendaya, who is 5'11", or 5'10". He
1: makes it work. You know?
2: Yeah.
1: He's in there. He's he's shaking it up, Chicago, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> now I'm going... Alright, so any other observations for the excise of Wolverine? The ex lies of Charles Xavier.
2: Um,
0: I, I I'm, I'm going to keep up with this. This is, this is not a Phoenix end song situation for me. I'm going to, uh, not in song, Echo Phoenix song, Echo. I'm, gonna, I'm going to follow, follow this. I'm interested. I I'm mean, immensely invested in this.
3: Uh, I'm, I'm Still it. invested in Phoenix
1: song too, but uh, it's not yeah, a chop. I didn't it. say chop it. Uh, I said it wasn't hitting. It wasn't banging for me. I found myself flipping through pages and skimming more than I felt myself like, dive, like integrating into the story and getting familiar with what's going on.
2: I so, like and,
1: and every Wolverine story yeah. doesn't need Jean Grey inserted into the scenario. I feel like he uses her as an emotional crutch. Um, and It's also offensive because I did enjoy Storm and Wolverine together when they dated. And so I feel like the more they keep highlighting that, oh, his one true love is Jean, I feel like it's invalidating Storm as his partner they spent a hundred years together
0: we have to remember that what ring is technically her partner though because they live in that three-bedroom situation on um on that summer's plant thing on the moon they are technically in a relationship
1: they are, they are in a very, they're in a polyamorous relationship they're dating i get that yeah that's a, that's a man but we that's never got man. any like healing from that moment in the Swords event where they almost kissed and then oops storm ended up having to fight someone without her powers again
0: well, we'll, we'll. I'm sure we're gonna circle back to that in X Men Red. I'm sure
1: we are. Let's pray. So we're gonna circle back to it in the next Black Panther issue this week. Al Ewing likes to keep the girls um
3: involved with a lot of mess, but it's good right. mess. So I'm sure it's gonna come up because
1: he is a Storm fan as well. hmm Right. You know, you know they be doing win. They love Oral's win. Love them. Okay, so next up we got something I did not know we were reading this week, uh, the Death of Doctor Strange, Black Knight, X-Men and the Black Knight. Um, real quick because it's the story has a lot of moving parts. this is like in terms of like the a Wolverine being like a story that was mostly action, I gotta say that this was mostly exposition. Um, not bad, but you know intriguing. So our story opens in the middle of an attack and the X-Men are taking care of it. Um, We get an update real quick for those of you who don't know that the Black Knight currently is a partnership rather than a position that's being held by one person. Dane is now pulling the Xavier stunt where he's now sitting in a magic chair and just telling people what to do rather than getting off his ass and being able to do it himself. Um, So he's sharing the wisdom of the memories, I believe, of Britannia itself. Um, And so that is just what his um, situation is going on. You watch the X-Men clear the entire field, and his daughter, I believe her name is uh, Jack um, Chopra. His daughter is observing them, and she states out loud that she is actually an X-Fanatic herself, um, which means that she's a fan of the X-Men, and she stands on them. She has good taste and good sense. And so she's all the more willing to leap into the fight with them, help them out. Um, however, something happens, and then Doctor Strange dies, Dane senses it, and the situation goes from bad to worse. He has a premonition of the moment that Arthur pulls a sword from a stone, and I'm really happy that they tied in Otherworld into this. You get a pretty good look at how much of a dickhead Merlin really is. Um, Team Boy pulls a sword from a stone, and something bad immediately happens. Eventually, I, visually, visually I start, started thinking that it was Rocco coming out of the sky. But in reality it was some other demonic bullshit going on um they call it the heavily shadow and it's a splinter entering into the world um in our world in present day what's happening is a tsunami is going down the x-men gets swallowed up in it and when it clears up the x-men have been morphed into kind of like demon lords um and you get a quick breakdown of the hungry court by what they're called um jean gray becomes the crimson countess And she is a petty, uh, she's a banker queen turned obese morbidly, and she has dominion over the mind, feasts from afar. Uh, Polaris becomes the Iron Knight, and Cyclops becomes the Cockatrice Knight. Um, The High Lord of Lambert is Sunfire, who is said to be the brightest and the boldest of the king's creatures. Um, Wolverine becomes Razor Wolf. And both Rogue and Sink, almost in a tongue-in-cheek moment about how they have the same exact power on the same exact team, do the same exact thing at all times, turn into the twins' ravenous. Both with the same power of absorption, both only eating, uh, altering, and adapting. And then there is the Nether King, who they all now serve. So the Nether King was smart enough to realize that if you won't get any girl on your side, you get the X-Men. Um, is the best possible situation. He got an Omega-level mutant got a Neo-Omega. He got the tactic king himself. It was beautiful. So Dane joined forces with the current wielder of Excalibur, um, Faiza, who shows up. Faiza had the power to manipulate biology, and so she uses it a lot during this fight. Um, but in this situation, you watch as Jean Grey uses her powers to eat the astral forms and psychic presence of anyone around her. Um, and the only thing protecting both the Black Knight and faiza is their magic swords um they continue on the battle trying to figure out what to do next their imperviousness makes them pretty much incapable of being killed and holding their own in a fight that otherwise should kill both of them immediately um eventually Dane gets another premonition he realizes that the entire situation is happening because excalibur is no longer in the stone not just that the stone no longer exists and was forged into a black sword known as the ebony blade all because Merlin did not want to get the swords back, and he wanted to create his own perfect mythology of Camelot through Arthur. So he was doing the Kingmaker shit that we know him for in Excalibur. Um, Dane is, Dane's daughter is told that they need to work together with Faiza, but she consumes like, the rage of the Black Ebony sword and says, I'm better alone. I can't rely on anyone. I've always only been by myself and has a lot of issues that she needs to save from something else other than the battlefield. Um, Jack continues to go about her way, but they learn about the truth about what did Merlin do to kind of fix the problem. And what he did was really much just put duct tape over the situation. He created the barrier that you see in The Death of Doctor Strange, the magic defense against other worlds That, uh, that attempt to come into ours. He settled and invoked the future line of Sorcerer Supremes, And I'm going to take a note to say thank you, because unlike Dr. Strange and the Sorcerer Supremes, they remembered that Jericho Drum was the Sorcerer Supreme at one point. They include him in the picture. He's right there, front and center, next to Loki. Um, And so he is not erased entirely in this issue. Thank you so much for doing that. But it revealed quickly that because he spelled it that way, because Strange did not have an immediate successor anymore— the barrier went down, and now the dude was coming through and trying to attack the sword and take it back for themselves. Um, the fight continues, and Jack has an idea when she starts remembering that she knows a lot about the X-Men. In particular, she knows that Rogue and Sink both have the power to duplicate abilities. So they fly over to them and lend them the power of their immunity to the, the twisting wave or something that the Nether King is doing, and they turn back to human immediately. From there, they go and copy Jean's telepathy and turn it against her so that she drops out of it and also starts freeing up the other X-Men. Then they start working together to take on the Nether King. Um, They're doing pretty good. They're beating his ass. Um, You got, you know, this is pre Captain Krakoa, so Cyclops is on the team shooting optic blast. And eventually, they're able to take down the creature by putting the sword in a stone. By by that, they mean Faiza's uh, swings Excalibur, and Jack leaps in front of it and lets it impale her through the chest. She doesn't die. It stays there. She's immune to death. But fundamentally, um, she needs to be healed, and the wound needs to be uh, moved around. Faiza does this really spectacular thing that, like, is on some Omega-level uh, healing type shit that's kind of making me think that maybe Elixir's status as Omega is probably going to be shifted a bit more later. Um, she makes it so Jack can survive with the sword in her chest by moving it around the arteries. After that, everything starts clearing up. The X-Men get onto the jet, and um, Dane has a premonition about the three mothers and the the pale baby. That's what I'm going to call his name because he's a giant pale baby. Um, and Gene asks Sink on their way out if he sensed it. If you remember correctly, Sink has the power to detect mutants not just as a telepath, but like as because he can feel the spectrum around mutants and their abilities trying to lend themselves to him. They leave while having a discussion, but they reveal that the current Black Knight and therefore the emissary and protector of Camelot and therefore London itself is a mutant. Almost like literally paralleling the fact that the cat in Britain is a mutant now. The Black Knight has now become a mutant. And so they leave off with that, but they leave her with acknowledging that eventually she will have to come to terms with it, but it has to be on her own time. Thoughts? Concerns? Accusations? Growny discussion points? You know, all of them. I'm I'm with it.
3: I liked the little reveal at the end because now I already knew that they were going to, they have already been tying the British magic lore of Marvel into the mutant lore um, but now tying in the Black Knight as a mutant as part of that um, Captain Britain is a mutant also just seeing that and they're all women by the way the wielder of Excalibur is also a woman um, that I like seeing that and seeing where that story is going to grow and become
0: Ah, fuck Merlin
1: Oh, yes. All the and way.
0: Fuck Merlin. Once again, girl, you at it again.
1: It's like he's already been at it. He, he was born at it, you know? And honestly, fuck him. Fuck that thorn crown he's wearing. That whole drip is just awful. Um, who needs magic circles to cast spells? You're a fucking loser.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm about tired of that one. I will say I did enjoy the story about the X-Men turning into these, like, uh, demigods and you know, and it—I thought that was like, you know, amazing. I love these two women working together. It was, it was, it was great. I didn't have any issues with it, but definitely want some fucking Merlin shit. Like, I'm about tired of that one. She needs to go. You, you, Isn't y'all took made... y'all, y'all, t- y'all took Betty White and y'all <laughs> left motherfucking Merlin here. I don't get it.
1: He just won't fucking it. die. Why don't we just stay right. dead? No one likes you. But you guys see how they made Jean Grey's dress better.
3: Mm-hmm. They're hearing
1: us. They're I'm listening. To dress They're us. In this comic, it was feeling like maybe it's just the fact that she can't fill it out. You know, in her current form, she's very flat. Wow. You know, there's no form or figure going on. She's not like, she's not popping on the right spaces. That's why it looks so little baggy and frumpy. You know, it's like a it's like a Forever 21 dress. You ever see a girl walk into a room and you tell the dress is from Forever 21? Because like it looks yes. synthetic. And it looks sad in a lot of areas. And you just like, you don't know if they know that it maybe wasn't the best choice for $20. But, you know, now
3: that Hickman is not there to tell them you have to keep that ugly ass dress, I think they're all now rebelling and like, "Mm, let's see which one of these sticks.
1: Let's turn Jean Grey into a giant demon, like that one green demon, the mountain demon from Jackie Chan Adventures. Let's turn her into that. And see how much better we can do with this dress. Like, if her helmet was this, it wasn't like a mask, it was a helmet situation going on, I would respect it. Mm-hmm. I would respect it on Jean Grey. She turned it into, like, a helmet. I don't know, I like a, a half-head a helmet, helmet, it would have been fine.
2: I think a helmet would be very fitting. If it's going to be heavy, then make it look good. <laughs>
1: You know, back in the day we had a whole bunch of cerebral adaptations. like you know, we didn't have a big fucking cerebral helmet, a clunky one attached to a giant fucking you know IV machine, like a 1980s printer or some shit. but you know they had the cerebral pills and like the battle on the album atom. They had a bunch of Cerebros, so why don't you just give her a cerebral? I think she deserves one. A little helmet, you called it cerebro. Just like give her something that makes it all make sense.
3: So something I was reading earlier today because I'm going back and uh, reading some of the newer Claremont stuff. I'm rolling my eyes, um, because y'all know I don't particularly see it for him. Um, but I was reading the newer X-Men. I'm sorry, Excalibur run. Um, becomes where it's Callisto, Charles, Eric. Wicked, Freak Show, Shola Nkosei, and uh, Karima Okay. Thank you. Um, and in that book, they were discussing how Xavier was using Cerebro all the damn time, and that caused him to uh, become a weaker telepath because he was becoming reliant upon a techno- technological advancement to his power. If she's if gene is Omega, would that still sort of apply? Or did the cerebral helmet that Charles walks around with now just permanently keep him boosted?
1: Hmm, that's a good question. On some level, I feel like the cerebral helmet is just like it helps him concentrate on one task, which is reboot like the uh the memories of everyone's state, all the memories and all the intellect of everyone that's a mutant on the planet. And, like, you know, just doing that. Because when he got it destroyed and there was like, oh, ha, 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 you're weaker now. And he ripped um, Nimrod apart. Like, that being the thing he does immediately as soon as the Cerebro is gone, I'm like, it feels like he got stronger once it was gone away. It feels like it just only did this one thing. I don't think Jean Grey really needs needs Cerebro to do the things that Xavier is doing on repeat. I just think that it helps concentrate with the sheer volume shit you got to do. I feel like it's just smarter for us to be walking around also as a second person doing it. Because as we can see, Xavier really shouldn't be the go-to sole person doing it.
2: Well, the two
3: reasons why I understand why it's Xavier. One, his his telepathy is actually technically omnipathy, where he can read everyone on the planet's mind simultaneously. There's only one other telepath like that, and that is actually coincidentally Shola Nkose, the black man from the Excalibur run I referenced, um, whose, tele- whose
1: telepathy is also global as well. He's the, those are the only two. I thought Jean Grey also was established as like, she could imitate omnipi- omnipathy because of the sheer she, level of her telepathy.
3: She can, but that is not that's not technically what her power is. Xavier's power is omnipathy. He is always reading everyone on the planet's mind, but he focuses like a telepath. Whereas Jean is a telepath that can open up wide enough to do that, but she doesn't
1: start that way. She busting it open? Wow. Go, Liver. I heard I was saying the
0: same thing, too.
1: Y'all are (laughs) so homosexual. (laughs) Or queer in general. We love that for you, sis.
0: Right. That's a wide open for the world, girl. Mm-hmm. Um, I Yo. like it though. I mean, even though know, you know this book came out of order, though.
3: Yeah, because it was supposed to come like before Bloodstone and before Number Four of the yeah. main uh, Death Doctor Doctor Strange. But it
2: was good though. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. I really am like loving also the flamboyant poses you get to see Sunfire in at all times. Like, hey, I do love his costume very much. His costume still is heat to me. I love it. But every single time you see him flying, he's like doing like a sachet, like <laughs> through the skies. And I'm okay with it. It's really lovely. I'm like, oh, because I also feel like um, Taquita, Takeda, Taquita's hot. So, and it doesn't get addressed enough for me. Um, I feel like, and I also kind of know that pretty...
3: he'll whoop your ass even without his powers.
1: Oh yes, yes he will. Yes, he definitely will. I just do feel like they need to give him more speaking things to do. I, I got spoiled in the last X-Men uh, issue when our homeboy got taken out. R I P V. we love you. This is your Stan account. Uh, we will always respect you. Flying King, no other flyer doesn't like you. Fuck Angel, you did it better. Um, but in particular, I just always feel like he needs to be shining more. And I feel like in this, because the stakes are so low, I would have been fine if he would have just been helping out and speaking more and just doing more shit. But relatively you didn't even see him get his power like deactivated in this. I don't know. That's just me. But that's my only thought I really had. I just want more sunfire.
0: Dang. I agree. I want more too. But I mean, but but when but when that uh, that other red-headed um, person comes along and the X-Men vote in the next few months with that Mark She isn't
1: winning. I can't believe she's winning. Mm-hmm. I don't believe it. I don't mm-hmm. believe um, Easy Bake is coming through.
3: It's going to be Penance, and what they're going to do is they're going to ship her and um, uh, Sunfire together as a new relationship because we, we all need it because they both deserve, and they're going to totally leave the Monet, Sink, Laura um, triangle alone.
1: I feel, like take, I feel like it's going to take I feel gonna take a few issues before they do that. I feel like it's going to start off like how I do it is Sunfire and Penance hook up like once or twice and S- Tahita gets feelings and Penance is like oh no my, my want you love is sink honestly and it cannot be us secretly also the Loki having feelings for him like you see Euphoria Cat did with old dude and she was just saying the shit she thought she should say even though everything he was about was something that she wanted but she was performing it like I just feel like it's going to happen that way. I feel like you know, Sunfire's gonna come in as the sleeper agent. I feel like it's gonna be the thing that gets between sync and sunfire, because so far they seem like like they close, that like, they cool, cool, like, they vibe with each other. I fuck with it. I don't know. I just wanted to work out, but I do want them to to actually address the elephant in the room, which is this nigga died and it was the most painful thing Penance had ever been through. That shit changed her foundation. Of like him watching him die and not being able to protect and save him. I don't know. That's what I just feel. But any other thoughts before we move on to the circuit party?
0: Yeah, I'm ready for the circuit party. I'm ready to fire this bitch up.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, so oh. time for the circuit party. Henry has stopped shaking his ass on camera so we can finally get to it.
0: Wow.
1: We were all observing and appreciating.
0: I was looking at something. Sorry.
3: It's okay. We enjoyed the view.
1: No, uh, Henry did a whole show. He did a whole cam episode. It was like you know, I don't know if you guys ever seen BT after dark, you know, but it was giving <laughs> showtime vibes. Wow. Um, we just watched Henry reach for a little little for the
0: girls. A Very little.
2: scandalous
1: school game. Scandalous. Okay. So second party for this week, we will be discussing um, something that occurred to us. Mm, Yes. uh, uh, Give it. uh. Okay, so uh, the conversation we'll be having is going to be about the nature of what it means to be like doing wrong to the right of Krakowa and for mutant kind. So we drag beasts faithfully. Henry gets dragged every single week. We actually can. Um, I'm surprised you don't do it more.
2: How did I get in it?
1: The beasts
2: Oh Henry McCoy! I was
1: like, "Girl, Henry Henry McCoy deserves being dragged." Henry, you know, just as Henry deserves hugs, loves, and attention, um, also cash money and And large pieces pieces And fried
0: fried chicken.
1: But in this, I wanted to ask a question: If we excuse Emma Frost, and we excuse a lot of the Charles Xavier and Magneto have done, where is the line for where we can acknowledge, or can we actually acknowledge? The thing that Beast has done, having been for the greater good, is that greater good enough of an excuse for us to condone it being done in the first place?
3: So for me, Beast doesn't... So some of the other people that you mentioned, Emma Frost, Charles Xavier, Magneto, um, even Mystique, some of the others, um, when they have an inner morality that they're working for, regardless of their means of getting there, You can see, sort of like, even if it doesn't fucking make sense, you can see how they logically got there. Beast, however, he just is doing stuff for the sake of just being a scientist in much the same way that Reed Richards and why he and Reed get along a lot um, does the same thing. I'm just doing this for the sake of science, not realizing that like some things you just shouldn't fucking do. You just, there's, you shouldn't do it. Just let that go. It's not worth it. There's no, there's no moral high ground to this one. Just let it go.
1: I should have brought up Gorgon also, just to add, because Gorgon, people have made some pretty fair, Gorgon and Fenris, the people have made some pretty fair accusations, like, isn't Gorgon a Nazi? And it's like, yeah, but he's cool.
2: I, would have I mean, to I don't have an excuse.
1: Down. The gown is too beautiful for us to ignore. It's like Rihanna, like, <laughs> where's the album? You don't need to get this look. Basically.
2: Wow. Well, I, would, I, would, I would have to agree, though, because he just seems like he's just enthused with being a mad scientist. It's like, it's not really anything to me from what I've read that's like benefiting Krakow. It's almost like he has like a messiah complex in a way. Kind of like, mm-hmm. I don't even know if a messiah complex would even be the right term for it, but it's almost like he wants to come off as the savior. Like, oh, you know, this is you know, this is what I did, you know, just using science. Like, it's, it's just, I, I don't know. I just don't see him doing anything. To me, since, like, the whole Hickman run, I haven't seen him doing anything that was, like,
1: really benefiting Coca-Cola, like, in any way, shape, or form. did he make, I feel like they say he made, or he helped develop the drugs. So that's his one contribution. But all what Beast does feels like it comes from a sense of inadequacy, insecurity like that really shined out during like the x-men blue arc where you know you got all the kid and he's like oh, yeah i'm intelligent for my time period but like now that i come here i'm pretty normal i'm not doing anything brand spanking new and then that's when he started dabbling in magic and then his magic persona like you know white beast the best beast that could possibly ever be started behaving yeah. in a really suspect manner um and so in case he, like all his fallacies it's giving very much dark willow um sending people to hell like dude that's not a cool thing to do but i think that is the beast we got going forward now that they got the memories back and he's like i remember this and so now this is me acting out with the power and privilege i've been given but it's also like but where is the root of this like what is the end point when is like the shit you're doing not worth continuing like i think the worst thing he did was when he turned on Black Tom and try to kill him after Black Tom just saved his life and would do all the extra effort so he wouldn't have to die. And then he immediately didn't return the effort to anyone else.
2: Yeah. But
0: Okay, I think I think my thing with Beast is like I think that, that like like everybody's saying there's a difference between what Xavier and Emma and MacNeedle doing because I think that like they're trying to protect people's peace of mind and their well-being more than anything. Like Beast is just like like the Tara Verde situation. Like let's just try something. It's like it's like he's spinning the wheel of Russian roulette, and there are a ton of outcomes of what can happen. He just like it's all like experimentation versus them actually versus Xavier and all of them like trying to actually protect people from information that you know which is necessary but not necessary but wouldn't really change the structure thing. But like Beast is like playing like. A whole like experimental trial with like Krakoa and it's just like for him it's fun it's like it's, it's, it's like it's a, he's a male scientist it's weird
1: but okay uh, I think that's all the thoughts we have for today for the governing idea about Beast um, the nigga's going to hell and he deserves to go to hell uh, Emma Frost did nothing wrong ever and if you say it you're a misogynist yeah So, for next week, what do we have coming up?
0: Uh, for what I I saw, we have Death of the 10 Deaths of Wolverine. Um, the okay, so like there's two calendars in the books. So, like the Wolverine book has all the like it has everything for 10 weeks, but just has the Wolverine books. But then the Devil's Reign book had Devil's Reign. Marauders annual X Men number seven and another Death of Wolverine. So like we have three books left this month, or well four books left. So we have Marauders number seven, the Marauders annual number one, X Men number seven, um, and the and the ten deaths of Wolverine. Those we have three books left for them. Uh,
2: but I don't know. But it, it, the
3: Black yeah, Panther uh, book that's going to be on Araco. Yeah, and so I don't know. will be dragging T'Challa. So, I don't.
0: I don't know. Like, th- th- there's no dates, so I don't know what's coming out next week. I, I mean, I have to look and see, but I don't know what's going on. because we're in that. We're in that like hiatus part before they do the relaunch again.
1: Well, we we'll get there.
2: Yeah.
0: But um, it's been a lovely
1: of just the ex lives and deaths, and that's it.
0: Yeah, like <laughs> in one shot, the Sabretooth book is next month
1: though. Hopefully, he walks around naked in the hole.
0: Yes, with all that, with all that, with all that uncut dick and that head cheese and all that
1: smegma. Okay, so smegma thank you guys lady. for stopping by this week. We love to see you. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at HelloKRA Radio. Um, DM us, and- talk to us, send us questions, post news and mentions, flirt with Showtime. Do all the things and, to your heart content.
3: And before you send us anything spicy and unnecessary, make sure you wash up under your full skin because the rest of us, unlike Henry,
2: don't I, do that smegma bullshit. I'm not a smegma
0: smag- daddy, but we all know that Saipu's a Mm-mm. musty nigga. He's hardcore. Yeah. Oh, he's a thug. He's a, he's, he should be in power. He's a 50-cent character.
1: Yeah, I think I'm... I'm Number two of the smell and taste.
0: I, 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 know all, I know he got a whole... Ugh. He's been in the pit all this time. I know he got a ton of uh, smegma on his dick.
1: I hope we we do see the pit. I want to see what it looks like on the inside. I hope there's like an oasis or like a, like, there's like, I hope there's this wilderness down there so you can go into a lake and take a bath if you need to. Like, what does it look like? Let's use our imagination. It can't just be darkness. That's kind of fucked up. But thanks, guys. We love you. We love you
0: all. Until next show.
1: (laughs) Bye, y'all.